Welcome to the Mind Your Hormones podcast. My name's Corinne, and I'm a board-certified holistic nutritionist who went from no period from mismanaged PCOS to a regular one. Now, I'm obsessed with helping you get hormonally balanced and emotionally aligned. This podcast is all about education, empowerment, real talk, and simple strategies you could start today to find inner peace and overall well-being. I am so excited to be here with you to chat about all things health, hormones, and mindset. Are you ready? Let's get it. Hello, I'm so happy you're here for today's episode because today is the first interview episode of the podcast. So that's why it's a little longer, well actually a lot longer than normal, but I promise you it's worth it. Before I get into what me and Dr. Dylan Cutler, who I interviewed, talked about and who she actually is, I just want to talk to you about a few opportunities that you can have to connect with me um, and work with me that's new and exciting. So I currently have a free texting community. So if you're interested in getting a couple times a week texts about health, hormones, mindset, to keep you accountable, to keep you motivated, to give you some tips, right to your phone, text the word Corinne, C-O-R-I-N-N-E, to 855-691-0508. And if you're driving or doing laundry or you're on a walk and you can't get this down, of course it's in the show notes, but I just want to let you know of that opportunity because... I also have an email list, but I think it's a nicer way to connect when it's on your phone. It's more um, personal, and let's be real, we have our phones, and we answer our texts way more frequently. And you can also respond back, too, which is really cool. So it's free, of course. Just text the word Corinne to 855-691-0508. Again, the number will be in the show notes. I'm also starting a group coaching program that's starting October 11th, so depending when you're actually listening to this episode. I've done one-on-one coaching, which is still, of course, available, but I'm now starting a group coaching program that I'm so excited about because it's going to be amazing. So let me just give you a quick rundown in case you're interested in that. If you are interested in gaining more energy, improving your digestion, if you experience bloating or constipation... If you want to regulate your periods out, boost fertility, have clearer skin, if you have really heavy periods, um, if you have migraines, if you have heavy cramping, if you want to just learn, obviously you do because you're here, if you want to learn about how to support your hormonal health with simple steps and strategies that are um, sustainable for your entire life because your hormones aren't something that goes away, especially if you have a hormonal imbalance. Of course, there's ways to manage it, which is what you're going to learn, but things come up and things become, uh, you know, unexpected, just like a global pandemic or maybe losing your job or changing jobs or a really stressful situation that can put you back in an imbalanced state. So it's really important to know the tools of how to get yourself back on track. So that's what you'll get out of this group coaching program. Of course, you'll also get community. I'm only accepting eight to 10 women. So it's going to be a small group because I want to give individualized attention and I want it to be a close knit um, community. So you're going to get that community. You're of course going to get accountability. If you feel like you're in a bad habit route, uh, route, (laughs) if you're in a bad habit spiral right now where you have just been in quarantine and in COVIDness, and you're just like, I need new strategies. I need to get back on track. I need to know what to eat to actually help support my hormones and the best ways to support myself. This is a program for you. So if you're interested in this, I'm going to put a link for it in the show notes so you can get more information sent to your email, or you could just slide into my DMs at Corinne Angelica on Instagram and say, hey, I'm interested in the group coaching program and I'll give you the whole rundown. Okay, so back to today's episode, which is with Dr. Dylan Cutler, who if you're not familiar with her, she is amazing. She um, talks about and she supports all things PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome in case you are unaware of it. And the topics that we get into today, oh my gosh, so many amazing topics. We, of course, talk about her journey and how she got PCOS, um, got diagnosed with PCOS. She didn't have a period until she was 27 years old. She has history of eating disorders, anxiety, depression, OCD. She really gets vulnerable, which is amazing. Um, We talk all about plant-based nutrition. So again, if you don't have PCOS, I don't want you to get discouraged and be like, oh, this episode isn't for me. It is for you. I promise you, you will find something valuable and you will learn something in here because we don't just talk about 
it targeting PCOS. We talk about plant-based nutrition as a whole, how, of course, it does support PCOS and how it actually helps us fight cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes. We get into eating disorders and food relationships and body um, confidence. We talk about depression and anxiety, tips to naturally manage that. It is a juicy episode that I cannot wait for you to hear. So, If you don't know Dr. Dylan Cutler, she is an online PCOS wellness consultant who empowers PCOS fighters to achieve hormonal balance, regulate their periods, enhance fertility, improve mood, gain body confidence, all the things without dieting and without medication, which I know you are super interested in, which is why you're here. So you're going to love these strategies because they're all natural, all holistic. It's amazing. She actually has a PhD in obstetrics and gynecology, specializing in lifestyle changes for PCOS. So she has a scientific background, but she's also really down to earth because she She's experienced these challenges herself, so it's such an awesome combination that I think you're really going to love and vibe with. She's also a holistic health content creator, a food photographer, fitness enthusiast. Oh my gosh, if you do not follow her on Instagram, go check her out at Cutler. Her physique is beautiful, so strong. I love her message that she's sending. Um, she's also a feminist, a vegan, and like I said, she's a PCOS fighter herself. So at the end of this episode, I'm going to talk about the ways that you can actually connect with her if you're interested in working with her. And of course, all those links are also in the show notes, so definitely check that out. But... Um, Oh, and quickly before we get started, the beginning audio of this, um, we had some internet connection issues in the beginning, so it's a little in and out, but it gets better. It's not like that the whole time. So just wanted you to know, without further ado, let's dive in. Okay, Dylan, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you on the Mind Your Hormones podcast. Um, You are such an inspiration and someone I definitely admire in the PCOS space. So I'm super excited to bring this information to the community. Um, So just introduce yourself, give them a little backstory of who you are, what you do, um, and how you got into um, the PCOS space. For sure. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I've been a huge fan for... Uh, you know, since the day I discovered you on Instagram. So um, thank you for letting me uh, join you. So uh, my journey started, I first discovered PCOS when I was diagnosed when I was 16. And um, at that time, I was en route to um, apply to medical school, go the the pre-med route. I didn't know what I wanted to specialize in. Um, but as I started to have my own, um, health issues, I became more and more interested in women's health and I saw the gaps, um, that people of, um, uh, people of other genders that are not cis male, um, are experiencing in particular high, um, high volumes. So, um, women's health was where I, I went into and after, um, pre-med, I, did my master's in reproductive endocrinology, and then um, continued with my PhD uh, specializing in PCOS. So that was, you know, 10 years of of university education where I was just focused on PCOS, and I really got to deep dive into the research um, as well as talk to uh, hundreds of women with the condition and really learn that I, I wasn't the only one going through this and that it's very common and that we don't know uh, very much, but we do have some tools, specifically lifestyle tools that can help a lot. Um, so that's what I'm doing now is basically encouraging other people with PCOS to uh, take back their uh, life and their health and that we don't have to rely on um, pills or diets to do this. We can do it in a very um, healthy, sustainable way. That's awesome. Okay. I love that. Um, you have such a great background on it. And I love how you said that you wanted to get into it because you felt like, you know, that you weren't the only one. You finally were realizing like, oh, I'm not the only one going through this. And I had the same experience when I started, when I lost my period and I was figuring out that I had PCOS. I was like, I don't know anybody who is experiencing mm-hmm. this, who has this. Um, and social media at the time wasn't like a big thing. So there wasn't anybody talking about it really. So, um, I love that. And I know you promote, um, on your page as well as I do the, um, importance of plant-based and how 
being plant-based and being vegan has really supported your PCOS and how in your opinion and mine as well, that it is the best diet for PCOS. Um, so I know there are a lot of other people in the hormonal space who will talk about the emphasis of meat and how um, you need all that protein. And if you aren't eating meat, you won't get enough protein. So then it will mess up your blood sugar, all that stuff, which I'm sure you've heard just as much as I've heard. So I just want you to talk about, um, because you do have such knowledge at university level and um, being a, a, is it a naturopath, right? Physician? Um, A PhD. PhD, yeah. So having a PhD in this, you obviously have read countless studies or scientific evidence. So how did you or why did you become plant-based and why do you think that being plant-based is the best diet for um, PCOS specifically or for hormonal balance overall? For sure. Yeah. Um, it's a great question. And to just preface the a PhD is essentially an expert at reading and analyzing data and research. So that is my forte. And, um, so it is really frustrating when I see people that don't have that sort of education um, brushing off studies or or not even using studies <laughs> or citing sources. Um, so so that's really you know it's it's personal to me because I dedicated so many years of my life to evidence based science. Um, and as far as plant based nutrition, I discovered plant based nutrition in my undergrad degree. I think it was in my fourth year of pre med. And, um, so that was, what is that? It was 2011. That was over 10 years ago. And we had the science at the time. So we have even more evidence now, but at the time that, um, plant-based diets were the most effective at, uh, treating and preventing type two diabetes and cardiovascular disease. And these are two of the most, um, well, really common in the general population, but even more common in PCOS. And I would say they're the the biggest issue we have with PCOS for like in the long term is that that's what we should be worried about. Um, these physical symptoms, yeah, they're annoying, um, and they suck and they affect our mental health, but, um, these long-term ailments are going to, what is is what is going to kill us (laughs) to put it bluntly. So that's where I'm like, plant-based nutrition is, it makes so much sense for PCOS, um, because it's so clean, it's so um, closely linked to diabetes with insulin resistance, uh, inflammation with heart disease. Uh, yes. So that's when I decided, um, at the time I was vegetarian and I decided to go vegan. Um, so that meant, you know, living dairy, which as well as, you know, other hormonal imbalances I had going on. Um, but the biggest difference they did see was with, um, acne as well as, um, like hair loss and just like, just yucky hair stuff, like dandruff and those kind of things that happen a lot for us, um, with excess androgens. Um, and then as far as the other, the connection to animal and the environment, animals and the environment, that was really close to me. It just, it makes sense from a moral standpoint. And when I feel aligned with my morals and beliefs and ethics, then I feel like a healthier individual. So that is really important to me too. When I see people, you know, want to be vegan for the animals or for the environment, and then they're having someone health professional saying that they can't do that and they have to eat meat. I think that's really close so if we can find a way, which we can, um, you know, get as much protein, get as much calcium, iron, like all these things that we're being told we can't get, stick with our more compass, then I think that'd be the healthiest route for our mind and body. Um, so that's where, that's where I land. And I know that people have their own, are, are entitled to their own uh, opinions and such. And I don't force veganism on people. Um, I really want to push more plants and less animal products. And I think that will benefit everyone. Yes. Okay. Love that. We're so in alignment with that. Um, Just like, you know, what my clients, I don't ever force anybody like, okay, you can't eat meat now that we're working together or you can't have this. It's more so like you said, just promoting that more plants are going to benefit you in every single area of your life. And even across diets, um, most, you know, the fad diets, everyone could agree on the fact that 
more plants is beneficial for your health overall. So, um, and I love that you brought up the environmental piece because especially today with, at the time of this recording, there's crazy wildfires in California. There's just so much climate change happening and the conversation of um, animal products and the animal industry is definitely not a forefront and it really needs to be because it is the biggest um, contributor to climate change and to our environment. So love that you brought that up with it. And it is such a misconception that we cannot get certain nutrients through a vegan diet. Um, And of course, I also promote supplementation with certain things, whether you're on a vegan diet or not, because a lot of people who aren't even on a vegan diet still aren't getting those nutrients that are, you know, supposedly deficient if you are eating vegan, like B12 and all this, you're still not even getting enough, even if you are eating meat. So um, I love that. And can we just get into a little bit, um, aside from the fact that it does prevent cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes, which are two major risk factors for PCOS, um, how about the anti-inflammatory aspect of it and how that is such a huge piece of it? Because I know, I believe that you have um, inflammatory PCOS, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I have a, a few combined together and it, so it comes and goes yeah. and such, but yes. um, definitely inflammation stress is my biggest, it, it's always been my biggest issue as a type A um, person. And I've only just really, it's been brought to my attention uh, the more I get older. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so inflammation, yeah. Um, regulating cortisol. The thing with plant-based diets is they, we consume so much fiber um, as well as antioxidants, vitamins, and minerals. And these are all nutrients that don't get as t- talked about as much as the macronutrients. Like we all hear about protein, fat, and carbohydrates, but I'm more concerned about how much fiber we're consuming. Like this is going to impact our gut health, um, our our bowels, and our you know, our mood is connected to our gut health. PCOS is connected to your gut health. Um, our liver functioning, like all of these organs rely on um, fibrous food and meat Meat just doesn't include, contain fiber. Um, these are from, you know, plants from the ground or the tree, uh, fruits, vegetables, whole grains. So the more of these we're getting, um, as well as, you know, anti-inflammatory um, properties, the antioxidants, uh, fruit is an incredible source of antioxidants. Uh, that's why they're so colorful. Um, so like literally the more colors of the rainbow that we're consuming, like we, they're really, it's going to affect our body, which is in, a, in the most vibrant way for all of our organs. Um, so in terms of PCOS, this is going to, you know, improve our levels of insulin, our fasting glucose. Um, it's going to prevent insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes in the future, um, as well as help manage cortisol. So we know that low-carb diets actually increase cortisol production. So that's the opposite of what we need. Um, And, you know, fruits and vegetables are higher carb, and that's okay because they're whole food sources. Um, So they're packed with fiber and vitamins and minerals, and it's a whole package deal. It's not like eating a refined piece of, um, of white bread. Uh, so it's going to be quite different for the body. So, um, so yeah, I hear some construction outside. I hope that's not coming. In. Oh, I don't hear. Um, okay. Yeah. All right, that's awesome. So, um, I love that you also said how it contains antioxidants and vitamins. And a lot of times, most people are concerned about like macros, like protein, fiber, uh, protein, fat, carbs, like you said, but it's really the antioxidants and stuff that's going to prevent other diseases too. So like not only is a plant-based diet going to help your hormonal um, hormonal issues, it's going to help your overall health. So, um, and can we touch quickly? Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and our physical too. Um, we mm-hmm. don't, it doesn't all have to be about the future. Like we definitely can live in the now and be like, oh, I, I want clear skin or I want like thicker, healthier hair. Those are totally acceptable needs. And again, um, if we think of, you know, skin products, like why are vitamin C in the skin product? Like we could actually consume the vitamin C, we could consume the vitamin A, and these are natural collagen builders. Um, So 
again, the vitamins and minerals are going to affect our external appearance too, if that is what we are, um, are seeking. Absolutely. And our energy, like I couldn't believe how much more energy I had when I switched to a plant-based diet. It's just unbelievable. And I feel like, especially in our society, fatigue is such a major issue um, for PCOS as well. So yeah, definitely in the now too, hair, skin, like all of that gets so much better. It's crazy. Um, you you don't know until you try it. And then that's when, because I was like, well, how do you stick to it? Meaning that it's so strict, but I feel like I have so many more options than I did because there are so many plants, like there's an endless amount of plants you could eat. So it doesn't feel restrictive to me at all. And I feel like a lot of people think it's super restrictive when really it's just like chicken, beef, pork, like, okay, that's it. But there are so many plants that you could have instead of that. So, um, yeah. And then when you talked before about fruit, I know that a huge driver of PCOS is insulin resistance. And there's a lot of talk about how fruit will spike your insulin levels and it can make it worse. And you really only um, should be having one fruit a day, if anything. So um, can you just quickly touch on that? Because I do think it's important to know, I don't want people to be afraid of whole foods that are really beneficial for your overall health. Um, and, you know, there are certain times, like if you have um, candida or a real gut issue or something where you need to be lowering certain sugars and fruit or whatever at the moment, um, that's a totally different situation. But just in general, can you just touch on the fact um, of does fruit worsen your insulin resistance? Or if you have PCOS and you do have insulin resistance, can you have fruit and how much? Well, so we absolutely can have fruit, even if there's insulin resistance present or we're trying to treat a metabolic disorder or type 2 diabetes um, or any of the, the, di the other diabetes, gestational, prediabetes. Um, so the thing with fruit, again, like you said, it's packaged in a whole form. So when we hear that, oh, it has sugar or has fructose, we're really, we're misinterpreting, misinterpreting the data um, by looking at this one nutrient, this one um, you know part of the fruit, and ignoring the fact that it's also coming with fiber, um, which is going to blunt a glucose or a, a spike um, in sugar, uh, blood sugar levels. It's also packaged with vitamins and minerals that are helping our our organs you know function um, to stay in homeostasis. So um, I don't set any limit for fruit with my clients um, if anything, the more fruit is going to benefit us because most of us probably aren't consuming enough fruit or vegetables. Um, and studies show that the more fruit consumption that people are consuming, the longer they live. Um, so that's, you know, it's not, it, it's the research is, you know, undeniable that fruit um, and vegetables are amazing for us, um, regardless of that sugar. And it's, what is different is when we say if we're juicing fruit, and then we've stripped it of the fiber. And now we're really, we're, we're, you know, it's now down to it's pure or not pure. So it's a form of sugar without the fibrous parts. So that is more concerning. Dried fruit, again, we've taken out the water. So, get, you know, it's going to be higher, a higher source of sugar and calories. Um, not that I count calories, but it just, you know, that's what happens when we are, are manipulating the fruit from its natural form. Awesome. Love that. Um, yeah, that's such a big question. Um, and the counting calories too, I don't promote counting calories at all. I don't have my clients count calories. And um, a lot of times they're like, okay, so like, do I have to count this, everything? I'm like, no, 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 you don't have to count it. Especially when you are eating, if you are on a plant-based diet, you don't need to count calories because the, so there's so much fiber, like we're talking about, it naturally fills you up. So it's it will naturally, you'll just eat, what you need to eat. You won't feel disgustingly full. Like not that the, there of course are ways to eat a vegan diet what, that aren't healthy, like just having pasta and like Oreos all day, obviously, but that's not what we're talking about. If we're yeah. talking about whole foods, when you're eating a whole food yeah. based diet, counting calories is just something that you don't need to do. Um, so yeah. And I, I definitely, um, I think you were going to ask about eating disorders, um, as that's so prevalent in PCOS and 
And I was diagnosed with an eating disorder when I was 17. So it was shortly after being diagnosed with PCOS. And um, a lot of this had to do with doctors telling me that I had to lose weight, I had to cut calories and exercise more. Um, And that, you know, I was trying to be a good patient. I wanted to heal my PCOS um, or, you know, heal wasn't the word at the time that I was using. Um, I wanted, you know, I wanted it to go away. Mm-hmm. Pardon? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, and so I did, I did what the doctors told me and as the rest of society too, right? Like cut carbs or cut calories, carbs and work out more. And yeah. that didn't help. It pushed me, it, it, you know, destroyed my relationship with food. I was terrified of events, um, going out to dinner, going to a friend's place, Um, like I just felt like I needed so much control and that's what a lot of eating disorders come down to is control over something, um, control over what we're putting into our bodies or, or how we look, um, because the, you know, something feels out of control. And in this case, the PCOS felt out of control. Um, and so in my desire to see control, I, you know, I lost complete control (laughs) and it's taken years to retrain myself around food and to be comfortable with, um, and actually love it. And that's why I started, when I started a food blog, it was like, I was never a foodie. I was terrified with food. So it was like the opposite direction of being like, actually, I can embrace this. I can find joy in it. And plants help so much because as you were saying, we don't have to restrict, um, We don't have to count calories because if we're using, again, whole foods, uh, like not processed vegan foods, but whole foods, plant-based, then there's no no caloric counting needed. um, And we actually feel really full because we're consuming so much fiber. Um, And there are so many options and um, it's it feels really good too. It feels good because the food was more than about me. It was also about the environment and the planet or the, and the animals. Yeah. Um, so it was no longer this obsession about eating something because I want to look a certain way. Um, no, this food came from someone. There was like, it was, there was a farmer and it got shipped and like all the steps that it actually got into my body and gave me more gratitude for this, you know, this um, fuel for my body, as opposed to something that like, I didn't really want to have, but I was supposed to eat. So I should have it. Um, versus like, wow, this is, this is like such an amazing thing that I get to experience that I actually even get to eat food and people in the world don't get to eat food. Like it just completely changed how I felt about food. Um, and I think like if I, if more people could feel that way, I think we would have a lot better relationships with food and their bodies. Wow. That's so powerful. Uh, food relationships are, something that I feel, um, especially with the surge of social media, um, especially as, so I was a teacher. Um, I recently left, but I was a teacher. I taught high school. I taught middle school. Um, I was mostly in the high school, but the young girls, um, are looking at people on social media who are, you know, have these bodies that are perfect or super skinny and, it really does create this false vision of what your body should look like. And um, aside from the fact that with PCOS, there is a higher correlation of eating disorders. So it's like a double whammy with both of them. And having the a doctor tell you, which m- so many of my clients have said the same thing, that for PCOS, you just need to lose weight and work out more, which is literally the opposite advice. I don't even think that's advice, whatever you want to call that. The opposite information you need, it's just creates so many more problems for for the for the patient. And it's mentally super draining, especially when you already might be experiencing increased levels of depression and anxiety because of your PCOS. So it's just like a, a cycle, a ripple effect that could really spiral into something um, that causes you a lot, years and years of pain um, that doesn't need to be felt. So thank you for sharing that, by the way, because there are so many people that have eating disorders that 
are afraid to speak up about it um, or feel shame around it. And it's something that so many people experience. Um, I personally have not experienced that, but I do have friends close to me that have, um, that I lived with in college. So not that I could say I know what it's like because I don't, but I've seen it um, and I see how it's a lifelong journey. Um, And a lot of times people don't get control over it. So I love that plant-based eating was the way that really helped heal you because again, it's not restrictive, even though it has that um, thought, like people think that it's so restrictive, but it's really not. So yeah, um, both plant-based and then also lifting weights was the other thing that um, helped me with my eating disorder. It was a very positive community for me. Um, there are toxic parts of weightlifting culture, but um, the part that I liked was, you know, women supporting women to be strong, um, you know, physically strong, mentally strong, um, as opposed to this thin ideal. Um, and then also to do that, to build muscle and to grow and to meet my goals in the gym, I had to eat more. I could not, you know, I couldn't do that if I was, um, restricting calories or, um, carbohydrates. So I felt like all my efforts in the gym would go to waste if I was not, um, you know, refueling myself. So suddenly food was like, no, I got it. I got to eat to like kill this workout and I got to eat so I can like jump from the twenties to the 25 dumbbell. Like it's not going to happen on a, if I'm not eating, you know, sweet potatoes or rice, like these things that I was cutting out that I don't need to cut out. Um, so yeah, both plant-based and weightlifting were two things. And, and then weightlifting again is like, as you know, is great for, um, for our, you know, preventing insulin resistance, um, our mood, like so many of the effects that PCOS has on us. Um, so yeah, those, those, um, helped me more than therapy, but therapy is amazing for lots of reasons, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So um, you guys can't see her right now, but she has a beautiful physique. And if you hear weightlifting, <laughs> you might think like, oh, she's got like crazy huge muscles, like a, you know, like a bodybuilder. And, and it's not. She's beautiful physique, strong, like lean woman. So um, yeah, is that the, so is strength training the type of exercise you promote or you recommend to your clients um, who do have PCOS? And um, I'm assuming yes, but are there others that you do recommend or do you strictly just recommend um, strength training? Um, so the one I recommend is the one that you will do. So mm-hmm. the one that will get you moving um, and it's going to be different for everyone. So that's my like, my answer is like the best exercise is the one that you're going to enjoy and you're going to do for a long time because this is this is a long-term condition. So um you know, joining some boot camp for a month is not is not the answer. Um, it needs to be something that we're going to do forever. Um, so then, if we want to get into like nitty gritty, like oh, I like all exercises, which is kind of where I'm coming from. I really enjoy all, but I know resistance training or strength training um, is the most beneficial for me, both my mind and my body, um, but my mind especially. So, so yeah, I if someone hasn't done strength training before, then there's definitely ways to start off. Like it can even be body, like, um, body weight to start off with. And then, um, you know, gradually moving in. Um, but another part is like, is actually pushing ourselves and actually like pushing ourselves to lift more. Um, which I think a lot of women are scared of, um, for, like you said, looking like, like manly or these words, it just, it's just so silly because we get to define what we want to look like. And also the body, like our bodies are much different and have a lot less testosterone, um, than a biological male. Even if we have higher testosterone, which I do as a woman with PCOS, it's not nearly as high as a biological male. So that's just not a concern. Um, and the women that you see on social media that may look like that are probably using steroids <laughs> to help. Absolutely, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's very deceiving. So I wouldn't be scared, scared of that. And also men too. Like I don't even trust the male physiques that I see on Instagram either. <laughs> I'm like, what is that? <laughs> so, yeah. So like do what you got to do, but like be transparent that this is there is steroid use going on and this is not like it's not easy to attain um I've been lifting since I was 
17 and this is the muscle I have. So like, it's, it's a very slow process and it, um, uh, but it's, it's so fun and, um, and there's always more goals. And I think that is why I love it. Like there's always something new. Like I've dabbled in strength training and powerlifting and like just different, different forms. Yeah. I love it. Love it. So if you are someone who is afraid of strength training, go to her Instagram at Dr. Dylan Cutler and (laughs) look at her so you can um, get that out of your head. Um, Okay. So there's two things I want to touch on, but first really quick, if someone is like, I've never strength trained in my life, but I'm interested in it. Where would you recommend or how would you recommend they start? Um, like, you know, whether that's how heavy of a weight or how long of a sequence, how frequent, just like a little quick, um, any advice you have on starting a strength training, um, exercise program? Yeah. Um, oh, there's so much, there's a lot of good resources and a lot of not so good resources. So, um, and I'm also, I'll say I'm not a personal trainer, so I, um, but I think, Oh, I wish I could just like send the resource, like the people that, you know, would be good to go to. So that's usually what I do is like, um, um, they can message me, Okay. <laughs> um, but, there's, but there's trainers that, you know, that are, um, are not, you can kind of tell when they are focused on the, um, you know, the appearance or maybe talking about like burning off calories or burning, like burning off in the gym versus like growing and, and doing it from a a healthy, uh, place of mind. So that's really important for me because there is a, there is a line of, um, you know, disordered, uh, training. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's super tricky. And, um, and unfortunately there aren't like, there is a, there's a PCOS trainer that, um, is really great. Um, but there, there isn't a lot of support, um, as far as like a safe way to do it. Um, that is not going to trigger us. Um, and yeah, I wish I, I wish I had more answers there aside from just <laughs> no, to me and I can, I can point you in the right direction or help you out. Okay, great. So if you have questions about it, message her, it's at Dr. Dylan, yes. Cutler, right. And we'll yes. put it in the show notes, of course. Um, and then, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, there's something else you said that I wanted to, um, touch on about exercise and your mind. All right. So if it, it'll come back to me, but, um, okay. So we talked about the, um, eating disorders with it, the food relationship. And I also want to talk about how, you know, it's not just about what you're eating and how you're working out. It's also about how you're taking care of your mental health and your emotional health. And there is a connection of depression and anxiety with PCOS. So, can you talk about maybe if you have, um, any experience with that, that you went through or the connection between it and just maybe some steps that you would recommend someone who maybe is experiencing a ton of anxiety from whether that's from PCOS or, um, you know, past trauma. And of course, you know, neither of us are licensed therapists or anything like that. This is just, we're just, you know, talking about our experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I, um, I feel very experienced, personally experienced in anxiety, depression. Mm-hmm. Um, I was diagnosed is midway through my PhD, very, very stressful time. Um, not a, not a joyful time. Um, it was, yeah, there were, there were just parts about it that, um, were not sitting right with me and that, you know, put me, put me into a depression. Um, I was diagnosed with anxiety, generalized anxiety disorder, um, OCD and panic disorder. So, and when was um, that you were diagnosed with that? This is three years ago now. Three years ago. Okay. Yeah. So that was probably, I mean, there was a month there. It was probably the hardest, um, month of my life. I was very, you know, days I would just be, you know, glued to the couch because I was having panic attack after panic attack. Um, about what seemingly now feels like the smallest thing. Um, but at the time it, it felt like my world. Um, and there was always a bit of truth. Like the thing about anxiety and panic is there's always a, a small truth that this could happen. Um, as we're seeing in the world today, like they, these things can happen. They're not frequent, 
but they are terrible when they do (laughs) Um, like a pandemic. Right. So there's always some truth there. Um, but our mind still likes to play tricks on us, as they say, um, which is actually a a Bob Dylan quote who I was named after. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's Um, so cool. So our mind plays tricks on us. I try to remind myself that, um, the things that helped me, one therapy, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, I highly recommend for depression, anxiety with a, a licensed professional. And then the things on our own, like, um, I started a meditation practice, which I hated at the start as along with yoga. I hated yoga too. I thought it was so slow, like picture me from an athletic background. And now I have to sit and just like touch my toes. And I was like, this is doing nothing. Um, that was the whole point. Like it was doing nothing that my type A personality could not do. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I finally like got that through my head and the most amazing thing, like I, when I committed to a a 10 day yoga practice, like not 10 day, I was committing to every day. And after 10 days, I got my first period that like of my life. So I didn't have a period till I was 27. Wow. And the first one came after this, you know, 10 day straight of yoga. I was doing other things too, but that was a piece of it. Um, so from that point, I was like, wow, like there's something here and the science, the science is there too. It's pretty, it's newer. Um, unfortunately, holistic practices aren't researched as much, so there isn't as much science and that's why doctors are not going to preach it. Um, it's also a money and pharmaceutical aspect there too, but, um, (laughs) but there is science that, um, not only for our mental health, but our physical well-being that yoga can decrease blood sugar and cortisol and, um, and improve our relationship with our bodies. Like I found that too, because I was so like, so close to my body, like I really had to face it and really have to be accepting that this is what, where it's at today. This is the position that I can get to today. And like, I, I don't suck at yoga. Like this is where, where, what's going on today. And the next day might be different. So it was such a mind shift. Um, and that's what I, with my clients, um, I, I, there's always a stress management piece, whether it's yoga, um, mindfulness, meditation, um, nature, nature is is so therapeutic. Um, and being just, walking out in nature then you have both the walking and the nature at the same time yeah yep. but in sitting in nature the study studies have shown that that is beneficial too so it's it is really the green spaces um as well as ocean uh that can uh, improve again mental bo- body health it's all connected we're all one so to say it improves one and not the other is kind of silly <laughs> yep. yes I, I had a very similar experience with yoga um when I, I didn't, I had a period prior to, you know, being 27, like you did, but it was super irregular. And when I had lost it for two years, one of the ways that I was trying to get it back, I started implementing yoga more frequently and it did come back. Um, I was doing other things of course with it, but it has been something in probably the last two years that I haven't been as consistent with. Um, and I definitely need to be because I am type A too, especially now like on running a business and, you know, it's like a one woman show over here. It's definitely, um, you know, stressful as you know. So incorporating that is super helpful. Um, so I'm such a proponent of yoga and I've also um, read studies about how it stimulates certain glands, like the different asanas, the different poses, which helps promote, you know, reproductive health. So, yeah, those are awesome tips for anxiety. And then before we, I, I want to respect your time. So I know we're going to be wrapping up soon, but I have one more um, question because I know that there are a lot of people in this community who do have anxiety or who know someone that has anxiety, whether it's tied to PCOS or not, how would you recommend that someone supports somebody who has anxiety? So like, say I don't experience, you know, just for example, I don't experience anxiety, but my sister does, or my boyfriend does, or my friend does. Um, how would you recommend like supporting that if someone is in, you know, having a panic attack or, you know, instead of just saying, just relax to them, you know, like, if, do you have any advice on that? Definitely. Um, I, I have a lot of things. One, I would say to research it, 
Um, and like you use our resources, um, the internet is at our fingertips and you can read about anxiety and it, I wish like I had a partner that didn't do this and I wish that he did because there were things that like I was doing that were, that seemed crazy or seemed, um, um, illogical, um, you know, not myself. Mm-hmm. And it would have explained so much to see like, Oh, that is a symptom of anxiety. Um, I'm not forgetful. I'm not, um, you know, Lucy, like I, I, I'm not, um, all over the map. Like right. there's something else going on and this can increase understanding. And then when you're talking with an individual and you know what is going on, there's less judgment there. Um, and there's less questions. So, yeah. So I like questions are great, but it has to come from a place that's like, that's non-judgmental. Um, so to ask things like, like, what can I do for you right now? Like, can I do anything to help you? And then the person might not, not, might not know either, like what they need. So that can be a hard question too. So, um, then to be respectful, if they don't know, then it's like, okay, well, you you know, you asked and you did what you could at the moment. And maybe now they know that they could like come to you, um, at any time. So just, I think leaving that door open that you're there to talk, um, and that, you want to support them, um, in the way that they need supporting, um, because we're all different too. What I need might not be what you need. Um, so, you know, first we do research about general, general, um, anxiety and then talking with the individual and like, what do they actually need in the moment? Right. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome advice. Um, especially if you don't personally experience anxiety and you are close to someone who does, you could maybe sometimes feel lost. Like, I don't know how to support them in this. Um, and it could also feel like just like you're being ridiculous, like just stop because you're not understanding where they're coming from. And obviously that's not supportive and that's not serving anybody. So, um, but I, I've been in that spot, um, like where I'm experiencing someone who's close to me who has anxiety and I'm just like, Oh, like frustrated about it. Um, but then, you know, that makes me feel terrible afterwards. Cause I'm like, well, that is not what this person needed. So taking a step back and just really, um, trying to have compassion towards it too, even if it's something you don't fully understand. But I think the research part of it is awesome advice too. So, totally. yeah, it's really hard because I've, I've been there too, the supporter, um, for someone with anxiety and, even though I've experienced it, I still have these moments where I'm just like, wow, why? Like, mm-hmm. and they, you know, I know that they can't snap out of it, but I wish, like, I just like wish yeah. they could because it looks right. so painful. It looks so, it just really takes over your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to, to come back to like compassion and understanding and also realizing that you don't understand, like we don't have to understand everything to support someone um, is big too. Cause we often want to feel like, Oh, I don't get it. Like, tell me why, but that doesn't help, um, either. Right. Yeah. Um, and of course there are like supplements and all of that that could help improve it. But really what it comes down to, um, is mainly doing the groundwork first of diet and lifestyle changes. Like you talked about with yoga, meditation, um, I believe that eating a plant-based diet helps with anxiety because like you said, it nourishes your gut um, and your gut is so tightly connected to it. So doing that groundwork is really helpful also. And of course, obviously not saying that some people don't need medication for it or to stop your medication. Definitely not saying that. Um, There is a proper way to wean yourself off. Of course, work with your doctor, but there are so many things that you could do on your own to really help um, get yourself out of that, you know, uh, like spiral of it. Yeah. There's definitely no shame in medication. Um, mm-hmm. I was on it for, uh, you know, that, that time period, um, to get me through my PhD. And that was a decision, like it was a very hard decision to make as a holistic health provider. Yeah. Um, I think I resisted probably for two years. I resisted antidepressants, um, that my family physician was, uh, encouraging me to take. And it wasn't until like my entire family kind of had an intervention being like, Hey, like you're a big, you're a risk to to yourself. Like your mental health is a bigger risk to yourself than these meds are. And so I got to that really serious place. Um, so there is always, there is a a time and place. Um, and it was for me, I could, I had this, um, agreement with myself that 
it was for a short while. It was for me to finish my degree and get out of this toxic environment that I was in. Um, and afterwards it was going to be about healing myself. It was going to be about, um, you know, I was going to taper off the meds, which I did, um, which is a terrible experience in itself, (laughs) um, which makes me look at meds even like more horribly. Um, and yet it did, it did help me in that time. So it's so tricky. Um, it's really individual and, um, but yeah, there's, there are supplements, there are, there's a lot of things we can do. And sometimes even all that isn't enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's yeah. That's definitely a like taboo topic in like the holistic health community where it's like, Oh no medications. And of course we don't believe in just going straight to medication when there are so many other options with PCOS and all that stuff, but there is a time and place. So thank you for that. Um, and then before we wrap up, I just want to ask, because obviously now you are managing your PCOS, um, but what were your symptoms mainly? I know you said you didn't have a period till you were 27, but, um, like right now it looks like, oh, like we're the picture of health, but we did experience a lot of, um, symptoms. So I know you said you had high testosterone and stuff. Did you experience, um, any facial hair, hair loss? Like what were some of those symptoms that you did experience and then you ended up healing naturally? Yeah. So, um, of course the no, no cycles was, that was the most serious. And I felt very, I felt very different because I heard a lot about irregular cycles, but I didn't come across many people, even in my research that didn't have no cycles. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that was one of the happiest days of my life was when I got a period. Um, and it still is because of that. And I still don't have, um, you know, since the pandemic started, my cycles have been irregular and Mm -hmm. like, I have no problem saying that because there is some wild stuff going on and it's triggered all sorts of my anxiety, OCD, um, old wounds. So it, it would be kind of, kind of crazy for me to say, to think that I would be cycling regularly when I didn't for 27 years. So, um, so that is something that now I have to revisit. But as far as like, I had, I had facial hair, um, body hair, like pretty much all down the center of my body. Um, acne, I mentioned, I, I remember in, um, in school, I didn't want to like walk into a classroom cause it was brightly lit and, or any room that was brightly lit. And I would like put my face down thinking that no one could see me if my face was down, <laughs> um, and that no one could see my skin. So that was, that was a huge thing for me. It was the acne um, and hair loss, like clumps of hair in the shower, um, which people often like, you know, compliment me on my hair. So that beautiful hair. Um, <laughs> thank you. So like, so those things, um, can yeah. definitely be, be healed. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think what else, um, like, I feel like I've experienced a lot of them. Oh, IBS. I have IBS. So, um, a lot of the, or there's a higher percentage in the PCOS population. We don't really know the link exactly, but there, we know that there's a gut link to PCOS. So, um, interestingly, they both, like when I got my period, my IBS improved. Um, so they're both, I mean, it's all, it's not wild that it's the same region of the body. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so like constipation, IBS, also going, um, plant-based helps IBS as well. That was originally why I went vegetarian. Like when I was 13 or 14 was because I, um, meat, I thought meat made me constipated and sure enough it, it did when I, when I cut it out, um, that a lot of that helped. Um, I'm trying to think what else, like, uh, at one point my, my blood sugars were pre-diabetic. Um, so that was a concern and that was actually in college when I was, I was working out a lot. So, um, that was, yeah, that I was an athlete. So that was really shocking. Um, so yeah, it totally, it affects us. It doesn't matter about our, the size we are or, um, you know, how, how good we are at, um, managing it, it, uh, they can spark up out of nowhere seemingly, but, um, what I, what I think is really powerful is we can kind of like to learn why. And that's what I can do now is to be like, okay, if my period is late, I can actually pinpoint like, well, um, 
I had a breakup. So like things like that, that's like, okay, yeah, that affects the body. So it's really about like body literacy and like learning how we work. And then we can like understand and be more compassionate instead of like, oh, why? Like I'm broken. Like why can't I get period? Like those thoughts patterns are not helpful. Totally. And I 100% relate to that. So I, um, like I said, I had irregular periods always. They were coming very regularly for like two years. And then, um, whenever I travel, if I'm like, especially if I'm traveling different time zones or stuff, it'll definitely push it back. It'll make it late. And then over the pandemic, um, and you know, aside from a global pandemic that everyone was navigating, I was navigating, leaving my teaching career. Um, and I talked about it to very few people, um, just my partner, my my best friend. And really that was it because it was such an emotional, um, decision for me. And I didn't want to talk about it to many people and have them like cloud my own thoughts about it. So it felt, um, you know, like kind of like I was alone in it, but anyway, the point is that definitely, for me, emotional things like that and stress really affect my period also. So I had like two late periods. I skipped a month over the summer. Um, but the, what is important to know is that just because I feel like we think just because, um, like I'm a holistic nutritionist and I'm helping women or I'm helping people heal these issues doesn't mean that I'm perfect and doesn't mean that I'm always going to have everything aligned with my PCOS. It's like you said, it's having the body literacy. Like, okay, I know now my period was late. So, but I know exactly why, like you said, yours was a breakup or whatever else was going on with you. I know exactly why. And I know how to heal it, which is what I think is the most powerful thing that we could all gain is it's not about being perfect. It's about knowing your body and knowing um, the tools that you need to course correct because your hormones are always going to be changing as you, we go on life and they're not going away. They're not going anywhere. So knowing what is actually happening and how to fix it or how to heal it and how to get back on track is so important. So thank you for sharing that and making it normalized that again, you said it doesn't mean when you're broken. It doesn't mean like things are falling apart. It just means you had a setback or that you, we're more sensitive to stressors like that when it comes to our period. So um, yeah, that's awesome. I'm so happy that you came on the podcast to talk about things. Um, this has been an amazing conversation. And I want to, um, do you have any book recommendations if somebody is like, okay, I'm really interested. I have PCOS. I don't know where to start. Um, can you tell them maybe a book recommendation that they could um, use as a resource? And then I don't want to say like your top tip because there's so many different tips, but maybe um, a place where you would recommend someone starts if they're, if they maybe have no period or they are just having um, PCOS symptoms that they don't know where to start. Yeah. So the book that comes to mind, um, which I have is PCOS SOS um, by Dr. Felice Gersh. And I love it. It's the, it's the, um, the closest, I want to write a book one day and it's the closest to, to my protocol. Um, with, I'll say if you do read it with the exception of fasting, um, I would be care. Like she does recommend fasting, which has its biological, um, benefits, but I think there are some psychological, uh, risks there. So, um, but what else she talks about is plant-based eating, um, our sleep cycles, how important the sleep wake cycle is. Yeah. Um, getting daylight in the morning, like these things that a lot of doctors are not, um, are not aware of, or, or definitely not talking about. Um, so that is a great book. And then, um, number one tip, honestly, I think, Hmm. I mean, or think in the, in the big picture, we have like healing our, our relationships with food and exercise, I think is important because it's, it's almost like it's a source of stress. And then we've talked about stress. So, um, I think we're so hyper-focused on the nutrition and activity and we're not paying as much attention to the, the, um, stress and stress management and the psychological uh, effects. So, um, like I know from when I post an 
uh, on Instagram, like about nutrition, um, or carbs or anything that I'm trying to like bust myths about, um, I get so much engagement. And then if I talk about mindfulness, um, or, um, reducing stress, it's like, it's, it's, it's hit or miss. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. And then like, pardon? Cause it's not tangible. So I feel like people have a resistance to it. Yeah. Um, and so, and meanwhile, I think it's the thing that we all need right now, especially right now. Like, um, I need more of it. Like I need more meditation because I just day to day, um, is wild. Uh, (laughs) like 2020 is wild. So, um, yes. So I would say like, I guess my number one tip is to slow down and like, and prioritize like ourselves. Um, and we don't have to, it's not about like going harder on nutrition or harder in the gym. Like actually it might be just like breathing at the end of the day or like adding in like a 10 minute, um, meditation practice, um, that we can do from a podcast on our phone. Like it's very accessible. Um, it's just about doing it. And that's the, that's what's holding us back is actually doing it. Love that. Yes, I totally agree. Thank you so much. And I will link that book in the show notes. Um, if you don't already follow uh, Dylan, Dr. Dylan Cutler at Dr. Dylan Cutler on Instagram, she has amazing information. Love her posts. Her stories are awesome. Always in nature. It's like so beautiful to see. Um, she's also in Canada for those of you who don't know or who are in the US, but definitely follow her. I'm going to link it in the show notes. And then other than Instagram, how can people connect with you? How can people work with you? What are your offers right now? Because I know after hearing this, people are definitely going to be interested. So give us all the things. Yeah. So Instagram for sure. And it is Dr. Dylan Cutler. Okay. Uh, so you make sure you get that dot in there. And then from there, you can see I have an ebook um, with 30 plant-based gluten-free recipes. They're all um, free of refined sugars. Um, so I use like natural sugars like dates, um, to sweeten my recipes. And, um, I have breakfast, lunch, dinner, desserts, uh, smoothies, like all, all sorts of there. So it's a, it's a good start. Um, if you're new to plant-based eating or, or, you know, just looking for more, um, creativity in your meals, um, yeah, her I would recommend that. Your recipes are beautiful, really. Like if you are interested in that, definitely get this ebook. I 100% recommend it. <laughs> yeah, it's one of oh, I I actually get such a high from creating a recipe that was either you know not the healthiest or not as nourishing, and then recreating it into something delicious. Like I have a seven layer dip, which oh. was growing up was like my favorite. It was just like the cheese with the guacamole and the yes. and like the olives and the um just the layers, and then knowing that it was just like such processed shit (laughs) um and then I was like but I could could I do this I could totally do this so I made like a nacho layer out of cheese and nutritional yeast and that was essentially the layer that was needed the work the rest of the guacamole and the beans is already super nutritious so anyways it was a hit at the picnic I brought to so I would recommend that yes And then um, I am doing one-on-one coaching. Uh, I have a piece of starter plan, which is an hour together. And then I send um, I send them home with recommendations in the five areas I work in, which is um, nutrition, activity, stress, uh, sleep, and supplementation. Awesome. So um, depending on the individual, some people need a little more uh, focus on some areas than others. And that's where um, working with someone one-on-one can really um, go above and beyond what we're seeing on, on social media or what we get from the internet. Um, it's really a generic approach. So that's why I really think that working one-on-one um, is one of one step. Um, and that you can find me again through my Instagram or my website is fruitfuldish.com with a, a PH at the beginning. Um, so yeah. Okay. Awesome. And I will have all this linked in the show notes. So if you're doing laundry or you're driving or you're cleaning or whatever you're doing, you're exercising, don't worry. It'll be in the show notes so you can connect with her. Highly recommend following her, working with her. She's amazing. She has such knowledge around this. Um, working with someone one-on-one really is life-changing. I've done it with my business. I've done it with my health. And it's just, 
it's something that you, like you said, you will not get that type of attention and that type of results just from like Googling on your own. So highly recommend Dylan. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I've loved connecting with you and I know that everyone's going to be obsessed with this episode. So I'm really excited. Um, and thank you for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you so much. This is awesome. And I, I love all the work that you're doing. So I'm glad that we can support each other in our, our little businesses. <laughs> oh my gosh, such good information in this episode. Thank you for sticking with us, even though it is such a longer episode than I normally put out. But I'm glad you stick, stuck with it. And please tag me and Dr. Dylan Color on Instagram. Let us know what your biggest takeaway was because there was so much information on there that I really want to know what you vibed with most. As always, I always ask you that because I want to know what you want so I can continue putting out that kind of content. So this is in the show, no- show notes. But if you do want to connect with Dr. Dylan Cutler, her website is at fruit fruitfuldish.com, but it's spelled a little differently. So definitely check out the show notes for it. Again, she's Cutler on Instagram. So make sure you check out all her resources that she has available. Thank you again for sticking with us. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your week and I'll chat with you soon. Thank you so much for being here. If you loved this episode and learned something valuable, please share it with a friend who you think would also love it or post it on social media and tag me so I could personally say thank you for helping me spread this important message. I am beyond grateful to be here with you. So until next time, stay intentional, stay consistent, and always mind your hormones.